Naila Kabir, Professor of Gender and Development. Yes. Author, here it is, see? Author of many books, Reversed Realities, The Power to Choose, which was about Bangladeshi women in the labour market. Involved extensively in NGOs, the UN. When I look at your work, I'm not sure whether the story is essentially a good one about the rising empowerment of women, about broadly speaking what in the old days would have been called Whiggish progress towards a better life, or whether it's a downhill thread with violence against women on the rise, with the patriarchy retaliating. Which is the truer version of where we are today, the benign story or the malign story? What I would say is that women across the world, and I would include women from fairly poor backgrounds as well, have options available to them that were unimaginable in earlier generations, not because they have a greater wealth, but because they can see that societies are not as closed as they were, and how other people live has become a part of their own vision of society. This is through technology, is it just? Through technology, through people traveling, There are very few completely closed societies left anymore. So there are very few societies that are culturally static. So in that sense, the positive story is that people's imaginations and their visions of what is possible has expanded. We've seen great progress on education, on health, on human capabilities, that kind of thing. But of course, any kind of change like this, which involves some of the most intimate and most the core aspects of people's cultures will inevitably bring with it some kind of a backlash. Mm -hmm. So I think particularly as women make inroads into the labor market, which used to be the kind of domain of the male breadwinner, I think we are seeing signs of um, resistance from men and from many women. But to make progress, to push the line further along the route you wanted to go, you have to take on some quite powerful forces. One that occurred to me, from your work is the whole field of microeconomics where you say, look, this is, as I understand you, this is too without context, there's no breath here, it's all about these non-persons wandering around the place making individual decisions. The field of economics does not work in your favour, does it? You need to rethink, do you need to rethink capitalism? It isn't as big as that to make things work. Well, two separate questions there. Yeah, two, yeah. But actually they are linked I think a lot of microeconomics has been an apology for capitalism Mm. because it has never taken account of the complexity of human beings and the kinds of constraints under which people have to make choices. And women need that to be taken into account particularly. Absolutely, absolutely. The kinds of constraints that men and women, say from the same class, face are very different. Because in addition to the usual freedoms and constraints associated with your class position, For women, they have all the additional constraints associated with culture, patriarchy, and so on. Another big enemy you've got, another big enemy, these aging men sworn to celibacy. Mm. Let me put a very direct question to you about the Vatican, Mm -hmm. referring to the Vatican, Mm -hmm. and in particular its role in regards women. Mm -hmm. Would you say to a practicing Catholic who agrees with you on the diagnosis, Mm -hmm. it is immoral to remain as a practicing Roman Catholic given its position on the issues Uh, which concern you and concern women? No, I would not say that. I would say that any change for any institution is strongest when it comes from within. And I would ask all practicing Catholics that have a progressive agenda and acknowledge women's rights 
to make their voices heard. And at least, I guess, they're allies on the global culture of consumerism, mm. you've called it. The relentless sexualization of women. They're allies on that. But that's another gigantic enemy you're taking on, isn't it? I mean, technology there is against you, really. Technology is instrumentalizing people, isn't it? It's also opening up, as I said earlier, many different visions. And I think what is really against us is the way that the labor market functions, that forces women into forms of work that rely very much on commodification and, and sexuality. to try and change that, the poor, the disempowered it takes, as you've said yourself about Bangladesh, a very long time. So what I see are these powerful forces going with the grain of capitalism and consumerist culture. And against it is the solidarity of the few. Mm -hmm. It looks to me, if I may say so, an uneven battle. It is a very uneven battle, but you know, when you mention Bangladesh, what you also have to recognize that in the 70s, it was known as the international basket case, thanks to some State Department person in the US. Today, Bangladesh has confounded many expectations. And one of the expectations that has confounded is this whole business of missing daughters. We are seeing an apparent shift away from the strong son preference towards a revaluation of daughters. So. Yes, these powerful forces are against us, but people can also exercise some degree of agency in favour of justice. One thing you could do with a magic wand, don't worry about practicality, mm -hmm. one thing you could do with a magic wand which you think would transform things today, what would it be? I'd go back to capitalism and as I said, we can't get rid, let's assume that we're not being able to get rid of it, but I would want to see a far more regulated and fairer capitalism that rewarded people on the basis of their, their talents, their needs and their abilities. So I would like to see, I think people's uh, livelihoods are critical to them and I would like to see them getting a fairer, a more just reward for their efforts. Naila Kabir, thank you so much for subjecting yourself to a guilty grilling. Thank you. <laughs>